This is the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, Episode 1. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm your host, Brett Duncan. I'm joined today by Tanya Austin. Say hello, Tanya. Hey, guys. Nice to be with you today. Most importantly, we are here today with the president and CEO of Influence Leadership, Mr. Chris Fuller. Uh, Hey, guys. Chris, thanks for joining us. We are excited. This is episode one. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. This this is that episode that we all hope we look back years from now and say, did we really do that? <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. You know, I'm going to give a formal introduction uh, to Chris for those of you that don't don't know who he is, but we'll really dig in a little bit deeper from his perspective uh, beyond that. But Chris is an international speaker, a wonderful author. Uh, a renowned consultant, a leadership expert. His company, Influence Leadership, is a company that's focused on serving businesses and business leaders by helping them uh, with the development and the intentional growth of their people. Uh, He's a featured uh, keynote speaker. He facilitates training, strategic facilitation, strategic programs. He's worked with an extremely impressive list of companies, uh, many on the Fortune 500, companies like uh, State Farm, Microsoft, PricewaterhouseCooper. Uh, He's also a seasoned pro and a lead training expert with John Maxwell's organization. It's been has helped him with course content development uh, and many, many different presentations over the last decade. The list goes on and on, Chris, but let's go beyond that. We've got an opportunity here in this first episode. Tell us about Chris beyond everything that I just said. What do we really need to know about you? Um, well, you know, there's two sides of me. There's the human doing and the human being, right? Ah. So uh, the human doing side, it's let's light this thing up. Um, you know, last year, 152 flights, 208,000 air miles just on America oh. alone. Um, so as I, as I, I want to rip it up, but, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint, man, I love family. And, and uh, so... Um, we are uh, empty nesters now, so my wife Robin and I can, uh, when she's not up to her neck in her um, her business stuff, we can certainly travel together and have fun with that particular piece. But um, four wonderful children, and and the two boys are grown and both served in the military, and the uh, uh, the two daughters are are grown and. And now I'm starting to have a couple of grandchildren circle around, which is uh, unfortunate on my ego, but uh, great for <laughs> just loving on the uh, loving on the kids. And uh, uh, it's funny I heard John Maxwell say uh, quite a bit that uh, grandchildren are a reward for not killing your kids. Amen. <laughs> 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 and I think that that's a that's a high truism. They're uh, uh, they're amazing. For, for me personally, what I'm about is personal and organizational effectiveness. And what I mean by that is, man, it's a, it's a great place where we're rocking the numbers. I mean, we're not just kind of like getting along, making sure that we can do every year plus 3%. We're not talking about a cost of living increase. We're talking about we are rocking the numbers. And so the only way that you're really going to, quote unquote, unleash that team is through creating this culture that is a great results-oriented culture, but also it's a great place to work. And I don't know about you, but I've worked for some uh, pretty bad bosses uh, in my lifetime, and, uh, and it wasn't a great place to work. I mean, you were feeling it Sunday afternoon. 
you're pre-feeling the negativity of, oh, I've got to go to work tomorrow morning. You're pre-feeling the drive-in, all that stuff. So, yes. so you know, when I started in leadership, I mean, it was it was early on. I mean, now we're into, uh, I'm joking with you guys a little bit ago, now I'm into, you know, uh, over 30 years in, in the leadership space. And and when I started, um, I, it was so ugly um, that, that you know, one of the things that uh, that we talk about, even within the John Maxwell facilitated sessions that we do, is are leaders born or are leaders made? Well, my first management meeting was so ugly um, that nobody attended. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and that, what really what came out of that is I was the best salesperson, and so they promoted me by what they call the Peter Principle, right? You're good here, so we give you the next level up. Never really checking if you're decent at that next level up or, or what that competency set might look like, right? So uh, essentially my, the extensive, my, uh, extensive background of my management training, that point was the general manager said, hey Chris, just go make five or six other carbon copies uh, since you're the best we have. If people were more like you, you'd have an amazing department. Well, so I called my first management meeting, you know, Chris is number one, why not be like Chris? And nobody showed up. So from that point of just face planting, right? Uh, uh, if leadership was genetic, I was in trouble. So I started the path of growing uh, and, and that leadership growth, voracious, hungry leader, just grabbing anything I could to look at best practices of leadership. And, uh, and so fast forward, Finished the degree, the BBAs in accounting, um, information systems background, a lot of business development, starting up 15, 16 different business units. And from that, what I learned is a critical component of all of it is leadership. So we can talk about KPIs and measurements and metrics and dashboards and all the, all the stuff that helps us achieve it. But what I found is there's one main piece. If your people don't give a rip about you or your plan, your plan is dead. Mm. So as, uh, as we get into kind of my background, my background is I'm more of a blue collar leadership guy. Um, in other words, you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna hear stuff that works in the dailies, not necessarily the theory espoused. Not that I'm against that knowledge. I just, when I grabbed that leadership, I had to say what's gonna work, what's gonna work within the next three to six months um, instead of I don't have a 20 year ramp. So when you're, when you're talking about me and, and, and you know, I've got years, but more so it is, how do I help you? Where are you at? How do we take the leadership component um, that we're talking about to increase your personal effectiveness? And then the larger umbrella, which is, can we collectively yield some organizational effectiveness? Awesome. So tell us about Influence Leadership specifically. I mean, what is, what is your company all about? Yeah, so um, one of the things um, that I started getting into the leadership space is, after developing 15, 16 different business units, what I found is what I love the most is developing leaders and then letting the leaders take over the daily ops of the business and then I can go on to develop other leaders or do some amazing things. So in the midst of equipping and empowering leaders to be functional, highly functional in the daily, um, then what, what I had to be faced with what is I can create teams that are self-sustaining and they can do it without me. But as a leader, that next piece becomes, well, if they're doing it without me, what am I doing? Yeah. So I need to go start another business or I need to go. Long story short, what I found that I love the most is developing people. And there are some amazing people that I meet every day um, out in the world. 
and all they're looking for is, can you help me be a better leader? Can you help our organization get better results? Not necessarily so we can turn a better buck dollar, not necessarily so we can turn a, a different, higher level of a buck, but almost even uh, this one group that I was with um, this past week, major global launch, uh, we'll be in Singapore in two weeks and then London and doing this major launch, their core purpose statement was to find more innovative ways to make more money to impact more lives. Mm. So the influence leadership, the purpose statement is we're in the business of changing lives through the improvement of business processes and business cultures. Wow. Now, so if that takes on a keynote, if that's a, a consulting piece where we're doing a deep dive into some of the systematic within your organization or the processes um, or the culture, really revolutionizing the culture, or just building your leaders with some very block and tackle, first line supervisor to the C-suite type of stuff. Um, we're really partners with you to go all in, to say, if we're gonna get there, it's gonna take a great process, but it's gonna take some amazing people, and it's gonna take leaders with influence. Yeah, you know, I mentioned something in the intro, and I'm sure people are, are curious about this. So you've been doing a lot of work with John Maxwell's organization over the years. Yeah, Fill us in a little bit on, on how that works. So um, the first, uh, I was handed two leadership books, sort of the first entree into leadership. One was Developing the Leader Within You by John. Um, and it's got amazing impact. Um, uh, I, I was talking to a leader, CEO of a, of a uh, OEM for an auto manufacturer, and he credits his rise from toolmaker to CEO on that one book of John's, Developing the Leader Within You. Hmm. So when, that, when I was handed that book, and then I was handed Stephen Covey's Seven Habits to Highly Effective Leaders, uh, and so uh, I'll let you guess which one I finished first. <laughs> so John's yeah. content is written for the everyman. Right. And so what I love about John's material is um, he has been my mentor now since 1993. Now, so now we're going into some serious years, right, on that. Um, but he wasn't my mentor through proximity. I didn't have facial contact with John on a consistent basis. But um, his monthly leadership lessons and his books changed me as a leader. So as I was growing businesses through the effectiveness of the standard scholastic fair, you know, you've got your key performance indicators, you've got the player placement, the evaluation, the run the right system, is it repeatable, sustainable, scalable, people, process, product or service, all the st same stuff. What I realized is I needed something that John gave, which was on the people side of the business. So fast forward as I, as I was deciding to to, to, to really go into the leadership space. Well, I always want to be a part of the best of the best, right? So there's no reason me going to a leadership space without somehow connecting back to my mentor and the one that I give a, a tremendous amount of homage to from me, and that's John's material. And so as I got into this, um, I bought into a curriculum development company that was associated with John um, to tether that. Now, fast forward, you know, 10 plus years from there, I'm still deeply connected to them. Um, they, they actually send me all over the world um, to, uh, um, to be jokingly what they call John Jr. Um, <laughs> but uh, such a privilege. I can't even, uh, you, know, I, you know, I can't even own that because all I can do is say, let me tell you, um, if I pass back to a couple of significant mentors of mine, uh, there's nothing more that I can say than um, if you want the guru, 
let's go sit at John's feet um, for some of that particular space, especially around creating influence. Mm -hmm. You know, John's definition of leadership is, uh, in the 21 Irrefutable Laws, um, is leadership is influence. In other words, if you don't have influence, if you don't have followership, you are not a leader. Mm -hmm. So even, even the name of my business is back to an homage of John to say influence leadership is the key to, um, to anybody's leadership success. Yeah. Well, and I know, too, we're going to dig into uh, that thought pattern, that philosophy, too, of leadership and influence. We've heard it. You know, I can remember when I first read uh, the 21 Laws and uh, it again, I remember reading specifically leadership is influence. I was young enough to not really know what that meant, uh, but it rings true today. I learned more and more and more uh, just how true that is. So I'm eager to dig into that with you uh, and obviously so many other lessons from John. So it's great. I know over the, the span of the podcast, uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty of stories that relate back to that. Well, let's talk specifically about uh, influence leadership in this podcast and yeah. really what, what is your vision for this podcast? Well, for the, the podcast, it's to add value to people. Um, that's it. Um, it is. Um, I can't be everywhere. I want to be everywhere, obviously, with 152 flights and all that. I'm doing everything I can to be physically present. But more so than that, uh, my concern is um, there are still pockets of this world with poor leadership. Mm. And uh, um, I know it sounds like a, a, a demented William Wallace cry, right? <laughs> I'm going to eradicate poor leadership from this earth. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, I think that uh, that's not going to happen. So all I can do is to make the biggest splash, the biggest dent that I think that we can, and that is to touch the lives of people. You know, one of the things, and, and I, I uh, when I'm closing out some of my keynotes, I'll, I'll tell the same story. So um, if you jump in with us, um, expect to hear the story as we close. But um, when you think about a leader, you know, I've got one company that employs 80,000 people worldwide. Mm. So there's a statistic that says 70% of an employee's job satisfaction is their immediate supervisor. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, being under a bad leader has made a choice. When I walk in the front door, I'm still carrying the residue of the day. Yes. And that can deeply affect people uh, by the beverage they choose at night. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I can grab a water or I can grab an adult beverage and depending upon how bad the boss is dictates the or a comfort food man I, I'm telling you I've sat there and going I need a salad I need a salad I need a salad and then I'm thinking oh forget it you know I just need some comfort from the day yeah. and so I think that leaders can have a lot of personal effect on the employee base and the constituency and then I think I wonder how many people have sleep issues because they're carrying the stress of the workplace uh, with them and so that's on my mind and I know, uh, I don't know about you guys, I know probably you guys run perfect marriages. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glad you noticed that. Yeah. Yes. So, but for me, you know, there's been more than one case that I've come in the door a little fussy and a little uh, tainted, if you would, from the day. And it's even bled on my ability to be authentic with my wife and to be able to have conversations, you know. And, and for some, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's come out something like I've been taking it all day at work. I don't need it from you. Yeah. And so, you know, then I just kind of wonder, uh, I wonder how much the way we run business um, impacts our families. And uh, for me, you know, if I'm the most stressed, I'm not authentic with my wife. I'm not authentic with my kids. And, uh, and I'm still dealing with the stress. And so for me, it's to add value to the social fabric um, but the best way I can do that is to create great leaders, create
create great places of business where everybody can have fulfilled lives. And when they go home, they're, they're better than they came in. Mm. And so um, I think as leaders, we can have that impact on people. And I think that we can have that impact on, on the families. And one of the things I say all the time is I say, what if we line the halls of our places of employment with the faces of the children of our employees? Ooh, that's a good one. That's, that is, man, that's impactful right there. Knowing that how we treat our people is how they're going to go home and treat those babies. Mm. And I wonder if somewhere in eternity we could be called into account for how we treated people. And I know they have individual responsibility back to their families. But I want to be a person that builds amazing businesses that contributes to the family fabric, contributes to the societal fabric. When I know how many leaders do you know that have been wiped out and they've been through divorce and they've been through a bunch of stuff and, and, and all that stuff happens. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a uh, pie in the sky type of a piece. I'm just wondering, can't, can't we do it better, guys? Can't, can't we do it better where we're not just burning out leaders within our company and kicking them to the curb and putting other leaders in their place? Can't we do this? Can't, can't we run amazing businesses for the long term and not just for the short short term? Well, that's the thing too. I think most leaders want to do it right. They don't. They either don't have the tools, they don't have the support, and so I think that's what's so great too about what you're doing is that you know all about giving them the tools that they need. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really. I don't take it up. You know, you're never going to hear me t- refer to myself as the guru of leadership. I'm more um, the guy that says, "Hey, how can I help you?" And I'm an amalgamator of some amazing leadership. I've been a studier of leadership um, since the the late 80s, early 90s. And and, and in that process, um, influence leadership has one purpose. Let's make people better. Mm. Wow. I didn't know I was going to get convicted. That's right. This is, this is going to be the most amazing podcast ever. Um, that's great, though, and, and I appreciate you sharing your heart. Um, there's so many components to what you do, and obviously this podcast is really going to be centered around kind of slicing and dicing that up and focusing on different areas of your, your approach, your methodology, and your concepts. One of those that we'll spend a ton of time on yeah. is uh, when you're biggest presentations, your your book, which is a wonderful book, and that is Iditarod Leadership. Now, yeah. we're going to spend a lot of time on that in the future, but give us just kind of a, a quick idea. A lot of people, I bet, don't even know what Iditarod is <laughs> um, and what leadership has to do with it. So give us kind of that quick uh, uh, summary of what that's all about and why it's so important to you. Sure. So the term Iditarod, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the term leadership, so I'll focus on uh, Iditarod. And Iditarod is a uh, race, and it's uh, held every March, first weekend of March, and it's a race uh, of uh, dog sled teams that go from Anchorage, Alaska, to Nome, Alaska, and the best do it in a period of about 10 days, 9 to 10 days. And so 1,100 miles. And it's known as... Um, one of the t- toughest terrain um, imaginable. Temperatures can plummet to negative 50 below zero. Oh. I mean, it is, uh, it is rough. And what I love about the race is um, how much care that the mushers take care of their dogs, their canine athletes. And, and I can tell you, it didn't always used to be the case. Mm. Um, but a number of years ago, um, quite a few now, they outlawed whips. So, uh, you know, the mushers used to snap the whip, not necessarily to beat the dog, but so that the, the pop 
would shake them into an awareness where they could then pay attention to what they were doing. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that the whips have been outlawed. There's a massive focus on um, quality of health of the dogs. And I think that uh, that also mirrors the business move that we've seen yes. over the past three to four decades. I mean, you can no longer crack the whip. Um, you can't be that hard charging demander of people that shreds them. And I mean, think about all of the occupational health and all of the those components that we look at now about employee job satisfaction and being one of the best places to work. And so I think that it mirrors that leaders must be effective communicators, not just to beat the dogs, so to speak. Um, we probably all work for leaders like that, haven't we? <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, but it's about this equipping, empowering, enlarging, unleashing the team um, as opposed to just driving the team. So it's about a race and, uh, and, it, and really the biggest piece about it is it's about a story and it's about le uh, building leadership and building teams. Yeah, and I love that the subtitle is Unleashing the Power of the Team and just that alone, uh, very intriguing. So uh, I'm hoping that alone will help you, you know, make people want to open the book, <laughs> Unleashing the Power of the Team. It's is great it? stuff, guys, great stuff. Well, excellent. Well, thank you, Chris. And obviously, you can learn more about that both by listening to the podcast on a regular basis and also at influenceleadership.com. So as we close and come to a close of this kind of shorter episode, sure. um, what is one of the most critical areas that you believe leaders in today's workplace must address? You know, if, if you're forcing me into one word, yeah. the one word's got to be culture. So the how the business runs how the organization runs it doesn't even have to be a business it can be a nonprofit. how that organization runs is built into a couple of different things so from the word culture we go into people and process so uh, when we talk about unleashing the power of the team um, as i'm sure we'll get to in some some future uh, podcasts um, it's about looking at the daily operations and what are the common behaviors, what are the common beliefs within the organization, what does daily life look like, and we'll get into, again, in future episodes, my, one of my favorite terms is DITLO, D-I-T-L-O, which is day in the life of, mm. and the, the daily, success is in the dailies. And in those moments of habit, in those, those obscure moments of you know, being in the cubicle and doing the right things or holding those dreaded meetings and doing some better things in meetings, all of this becomes the organizational montage, if you will, and all of that comes into culture. So if I had to add just one word for us to close out on, it would be, hey, leader, what's your culture? Does your culture naturally produce the results that you want? Are you having some areas where your culture does not embody you? Or are you just now thinking, hey, I wonder if a secret of my success is our collective culture. Uh, do we even have one, right? Maybe you don't have a des design designated culture. Maybe you have a de facto default culture. Mm. And so as we get into that, all of the leadership and the influence comes into personal and organizational effectiveness, which again, for us as a unit, as a team in an organization, just filters back to that one word, culture. Great. Well, I know we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, Chris, thank you. Hey, episode one is down. We're going to, we're going to put that one in the books and move along here. Absolutely. Um, but this is the start of something great. Uh, and thank you for listening. And thank you for uh, kind of having a little fun with this as well. And again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review. And uh, for all of us here at Influence Leadership, thank you for joining us thank for this so much. very first episode of Influence Leadership with Chris Fuller.
Well, thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this very first episode of the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller. We hope you enjoyed it. It's only going to get better from here, and we welcome your input, as we mentioned. Please go to influenceleadership.com for any and all things that apply to Chris Fuller, his books, his training, his keynotes. Uh, We would love for you to read the blog there. You can sign up for the newsletter, and we have lots of other free resources available for you right now. And as we mentioned, we'd love for you to rate the podcast. If you're using iTunes, do that there or whatever podcast player you're using. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us at info at influenceleadership.com. And we will see you on the next episode of the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller. Thank you.